Hello, everybody. I hope all of you are having a blessed day today. This is your host, Enrico Ambrister, and you're tuned in to another episode of the Speaker's Secrets Podcast. I truly want to say thank you for being here, and I appreciate you for tuning in with me today. I'm going to get right into introducing today's episode. Last week, I had the privilege of recording a YouTube episode with my good friend and trusted colleague, Armand Chowdhury, better known as Armani Talks. Now, if you don't know Armand, he is the real deal. He built his brand from the ground up, and he's an expert at communication. But what I truly love about Armand is his openness and transparency about a lot of the struggles that he has faced in his public speaking journey. So that's a lot of what you hear on this first part of our interview. We talk about the struggles that we've faced in public speaking, in our confidence, in Toastmasters, and even some of the struggles that we continue to face, but how we choose to overcome them and how you can overcome them as well. Trust me when I say that the content in this episode is worth thousands of dollars. It's really life-changing and I encourage you to tune in and stick with it. We not only talk about our struggles but also some of our embarrassing moments in public speaking, how Toastmasters is such an effective organization for you to develop your communication skills no matter what it is that you want to do in life, the importance of your mindset and how you can shift your mindset to one of empowerment versus one of fear. There is so much more that we covered, but I'll let you listen to it for yourself. This is part one of The Art of Public Speaking with me and Armand. Welcome to the Armani Talks YouTube channel, the number one YouTube channel to help you level up your five mighty soft skills. Public speaking, storytelling, social dynamics, social intelligence, and creativity. Five soft skills to change your life forever, skyrocket your confidence along the way. If you haven't already done so, make sure you hit subscribe because today we are going to be entering the world of public speaking. And I have a very awesome guest on episode today. He's one of my good friends, Enrico, and he's a fellow Toastmasters as well. He's the current president of the club. He is competing for division uh, competition for the, the speech competition coming up. And he's here with us today. Enrico, how's it going? I'm doing well, Armand, my friend. Thank you for having me. For sure, for sure. I mean, it's funny because we've talked on the phone a few times and we both came to the same conclusion that conversations between two Toastmasters aren't really there in the digital space right now. That's true. Yeah, we don't see many conversations between Toastmasters in podcasts, on YouTube. So I think something like this is extremely special and i would dare to say that we're breaking new ground yeah I, w- I would say so too mainly because we're going to be talking about a lot of cool stuff today and just for the audience members that are here we're not only going to be talking about the good stuff of public speaking we're also going to be talking about the tougher stuff like speech anxiety a lot of the self-doubt that you faced beforehand uh, a lot of bombing your first speeches Stuff that most people that aren't in Toastmasters or involved in public speaking get to see. So I'm really hoping that today's conversation delves into like the really nitty gritty stuff. And I wouldn't want to do this conversation with anyone else. 
I appreciate that, man. And yeah, just to mirror what you said, I think it's important to discuss those parts of public speaking because I think a lot of people, sometimes they become disillusioned mm-hmm. when it comes to public speaking and Toastmasters and they see people that are on, their, on these stages or on YouTube like yourself delivering this content and they don't think about the fact that that person might be dealing with anxiety or that they didn't start at that level. So I think it's great to discuss all of the parts of public speaking so people can get a well-rounded sense of what it is and how Mm -hmm. they can be their best at it. So this conversation is definitely important. Yeah, and just to basically start all the way in the beginning, before we have any speech experience under our belt, the first thing that we all face is speech anxiety. So how about you walk us through your first moment battling speech anxiety and what ultimately led you to change that and do something about it? Well, what's interesting about my journey with speech anxiety is that I didn't necessarily have anxiety regarding what what it was that I was presenting. I feel like I always had some confidence in that area. But where my anxiety came into play was when it came to my body and my body language. Because mm-hmm. I'm a pretty short guy. I'm 5'5". Five five. And, you know, growing up, that was always a point of contention for me. I was always bullied for that. My community, right. I wasn't the athletic one. So I always grew up with this insecurity. And I noticed that when it was time for me to speak, even though I would have these ideas, I would be confident in the ideas that I would have, I would have anxiety as to how it is that I'm perceived. Okay, I'm confident in what I'm saying, but are other people going to listen to me? They're going to take me seriously. I had a lot of body issues. And as you know, nonverbal communication is a big thing. And especially with public speaking, especially with public speaking. Yeah. And if you're getting in front of others, you have to be confident with yourself, not only mentally and the ideas that you have, but physically as well. So that was something that I really battled, especially at the beginning of my speaking journey, public speaking journey. But I decided that, you know, that's something that I can change, firstly. And I got to a point where I'm like, you know, it doesn't make any sense for me to harp on something that I can change. Mm-hmm. And this is actually interesting because I know you and a, friend, a great friend of yours, Shlomo, actually answered a question from one of your listeners regarding how do they build confidence when it comes to their height. Yes. Something that was brought up is like guys like Kevin Hart, for example. I always use Prince as an example. These are short guys that have have made and continue to make an impact in the world. And, you know, I just started to look at it like, hey, you know, life is diverse. Humankind is diverse. And I'm just on one end of the spectrum. And this Mm -hmm. is something that I'm going to own. I'm not going to allow it to own me. So it just comes a point where you decide to move past your insecurities, move move past your fears to accomplish something that you really want. Well, that's crazy. You brought up Prince because I had no clue Prince was short up until what you just said right now. And I think one of the major reasons for that 
was because of the swagger that he had and the confidence that he carried himself with. So I think the whole, like being very short, it does get to you at first, but the more that you say do a tough task like public speaking, it starts becoming more on the back burner. And hearing your story is very unique because it seemed as though you had confidence in what you were going to say, but not as much confidence regarding the look portion, which built the speech anxiety. While for me, it was pretty much the opposite where, (laughs) yeah, where I did have the height and everything, but I really felt like people didn't want to hear what I had to say. And when I thought that, that's what made me really have this self doubt every time I was speaking. And that's one of the worst things you want to have because when you have that self doubt about your own topic, yeah. And you don't show enthusiasm for your topic. Other people aren't going to show enthusiasm for you. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's very unique that you gave that insight into speech anxiety, where I'm sure a lot of my listeners are going through the same thing, but they just didn't know how to vocalize it the way you just did. Yeah. And it just goes to show that everybody has an insecurity, especially when they're beginning or they're doing something unfamiliar or new, it might be the fact that you're short or the fact that you English is your second language. There's always something that someone might struggle with. But the thing is, even though it might be buried, we all have it, but it's about whether or not you allow that to stop you from making progress. Absolutely. I say every security was once an insecurity every secure person was once insecure and that's unique because with speech anxiety unless you admit that you have speech anxiety in the first place you're never going to do anything about it i remember when i was first starting off my public speaking journey and i had a lot of the speech anxiety where you you know when you're in class you're starting a new job they say how about everyone introduces themselves and says one fun fact about them yeah, <laughs> that kind of stuff will get me nervous. And that was a form of speech anxiety, if you think about it. But after I would end up basically making a fool of myself, I'd go back and I'd say, well, I mean, public speaking isn't my thing. Like, who needs public speaking anyways? I mean, you just needed to introduce yourself. That's it. But the problem with that kind of thinking is when you have speech anxiety and you fail to acknowledge it, then you fail to make any form of changes. Did you ever have that moment where you had speech anxiety, but you felt like, man, you kind of undermined the issue? Yeah, I mean, there have been definitely opportunities. Now, just for clarity, you're asking if I've ever had speech anxiety. And after that particular moment, I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't really need to be an expert in public speaking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there have been times like that, especially when I've, messed up so to speak (laughs) and I think it's a way to just make yourself feel better I know that that was what happened for me Um, there was one particular speech that I prepared for and Mm -hmm. I just went blank when I did it and at the end yeah and at the end of the speech I was like you know what I don't really need to impress anyone. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was like, you know, I don't really need to show off my skills or prove anything to anyone. So, I mean, I have had moments like that, but what I've transitioned into is using those moments to learn instead. 
instead of making it just kind of like a prideful moment or pushing it off. It's like, what can I learn from this? And why do I have this reaction? Like, why am I not okay with messing up? Or why do I feel the need to not own that and, you know, grow from it? Right, right. And when you make that acknowledgement, that's when you are able to tra transition from denial into learning mode. Yeah. Would you say would you say that's around when you started entering Toastmasters? Because personally for me, I started entering Toastmasters by complete accident and I covered it in that last video I did on how to be more confident. I thought Toastmasters was a place to get breakfast. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't really think it was a place where you build your public speaking and all that stuff. So I, I wonder, right, toast. I mean, <laughs> you can't blame me. But, but yeah, I mean, eventually once I went in there, I got called on stage. I couldn't say one single word in front of a lot of people I knew at that time. And it embarrassed me. It embarrassed me to a point where I decided to take a break from public speaking for a long time. But eventually, after taking that long hiatus, I realized that the pain, the shame, all that kind of stuff wasn't getting better. It was actually getting worse as I was avoiding public speaking. Yeah. And that pain was ultimately what led me to go back to Toastmasters and give it another shot. Did you have a moment like that or did you just go into Toastmasters the first time and continue on with the club? Well, actually, the moment that I just articulated that was after I decided to join Toastmasters. Yeah. But just to share, just to share my story of how I got into Toastmasters, I've always been the kid that never had a singular passion. I always envied people that said, "Okay, I want to do this. I know I want to do this because I never was able to decide what it was that I wanted to do." And so in 2016 was the year when I decided, I'm like, okay, I'm in my mid-20s. Everybody's asking me what I'm going to do. I don't know. So I spent uh -huh. a lot of time in like meditation and prayer and just trying to find out what it is that my purpose was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It turned out that, you know, I'm just going to fast forward to December of 2016. We had a retreat for work. And at that time, like I said, just a few months previously, I had been thinking about what it is that I wanted to do. I figured out at some point that I wanted to bring hope to people. I didn't know exactly how, but we had a retreat for work. And the gentleman, he went around the room and he was asking all of us, you know, if money, time, nothing was a factor. What is it that you would like to do with your life? And I said, I would like to travel the world and speak. And it was monumental for me because it was almost as if someone else was saying it. Uh -huh. And after that moment, it's like all of the things that started to happen in my life pointed me towards public speaking. And so wow. then that's when I decided to get into Toastmasters and just really develop my skills. And even while I was in Toastmasters, not all of my speeches went well. The table topics, I fumbled some of them. And so at the beginning, I felt a lot of anxiety and a lot of angst around my performances, how I was perceived. But I just decided to stick with it. Well, that's the unique part about it all. 
when you are first public speaking, the entire journey is very hazy. It wasn't until that gentleman asked you what you wanted to do, you were able to articulate it. But I think that's how it is for a lot of people that are very hesitant about joining Toastmasters right now. They're thinking, well, I don't know if public speaking is for me. The funny thing is, either did we. <laughs> you, right. you know, we just kind of gave it a shot. And the more that we progressed, the more that we were able to articulate it. And throughout that journey, just like you mentioned, I mean, whether it's with your beginning speeches, like the icebreaker, your Toastmasters table topics, I mean, a lot of these little speeches in the beginning stages, they're supposed to be bumpy. Yeah. And this is basically coming from two Toastmasters that I've personally been doing it for five years. How long have you been doing it? For about three years now. Yeah, and so there's eight years combined between both of us. And I think one of the key elements that we both can say that we experienced were bumps along the way. But let me ask you something. Would you say those bumps actually helped you fine tune your skills more? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, man. And I think that's why it's important for people to embrace just every learning moment, even now. You know, both of us being uh, professional speakers, I think that we still have an opportunity to learn from everything. Uh -huh. I think it's really important to, you know, experience some things that make you uncomfortable because that's the only way that you can grow. And I think it's interesting because when you feel the anxiety and you feel just the nervousness and you have these bumps in the road if anything i think we should change our perspectives on them because i think a lot of times we look at just feeling nervous and not having a good first speech as oh my gosh i failed <laughs> horrible i can't believe i just put myself out there but if anything we should be proud of ourselves because the fact that you're feeling nervous or fearful means that you're putting yourself outside of your comfort zone but the fact that you gave the speech, there are so many people that would like to give a speech or would like to get in front of others. And just the fact that you were able to get up there and articulate yourself, even though it might not have been as polished as you would like it to be, the fact that you're stepping past your fear and not letting it hold you back, that's an accomplishment in itself. And it should show you that you have the capability to stand in that fear to stand in that anxiety and still perform and still, you know, put yourself out there. And that's important. I 100% agree with that because here's the thing. The thing with public speaking is a lot of people wouldn't even just stand on the stage. That's why I respect the person that's on stage and say they are choking away the speech more than the person that wants to get on stage but makes up some kind of excuse then avoids right. it. And just to add a little bit more, give you a little bit of example regarding the failures that you were talking about. My first ever icebreaker speech, I remember I prepared for it, I got ready, and I had this nice little story that I was going to tell. It's called the four haircuts, and I was going to explain how four different haircuts of my life represented the four stages of my life. It was a little book, okay. in a speech <laughs> format. Well, I end up giving the speech and surprisingly, I'm not making a fool out of myself. I'm actually going through it from beginning up until the end. 
And I finished the entire speech, which I was not thinking I was going to be able to do. And I was feeling really good about myself. Well, around the end of the speech, during the evaluation, and by the way, folks, you get evaluated after each of your speeches for Toastmasters for the evaluation. It's a three-minute section. Yes, well, yes. during that moment, my evaluator gave me like the good, uh, how, how I had like the good parts in the speech. But then she tore into me on one part. Oh, Apparently, yeah. my back was facing one side of the audience the entire time. Like the entire time, I was just looking at one segment of the audience and completely ignored the other side. And this is a public speaking no-no, and I'm sure you know this. Yes. And at that time, I completely just ignored the fact that I had gone through this whole speech. I gave it for my first ever speech. You know, I completely ignored that and automatically just started focusing on the speaker's back. Yeah. But here's what happened. I needed that sort of evaluation from that evaluator because guess what? That never happened again. Yeah. And that's what a perfect case of where a failure turned into a lesson. And this lesson was something that I could take on with me for the rest of my public speaking career. Yes. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. Because even now in the speeches that I give, in the, at the club level, when I'm evaluating, I mean, it's always great to hear what you've done well, but I'm always looking for the comments on what I can improve on or what I didn't do well, because it's those comments that bring awareness to your areas of growth oh, and, add, and add to that. So I'm always asking, hey, how can I improve? And I think once you put yourself out there enough, you get to a point where you're not afraid to get that critique if anything you're looking for it because you know that's what's really going to take you to the next level and i remember earlier how you were saying that instead of us calling it failures we should call it something else i think it should be called bringing awareness yeah it should be called bringing awareness because there comes a time where young toastmasters like us have a chance to evaluate the veteran toastmasters i'm sure you have to do it a few times and when you are evaluating them, you feel a little bit of nerves beforehand because you're thinking, huh, I'm basically like a rookie compared to this person. What am I going to say? Well, when you are evaluating them, say you're saying all the good stuff, these veterans are just kind of like going back, chilling. They're not even listening. But the second you say, I think you should have improved this part, now they spring up and they start taking their notes. Because no matter how good you get into public speaking, you always want to keep becoming aware of what else you can improve on. Yeah, most definitely. I agree with that 100%. Yep. Did, did you ever have a very embarrassing moment in your public speaking career? Yes, actually, in Toastmasters, as you're well aware, but for our listeners, you have different competitions. In this specific competition, it was an evaluation competition. So the contestants were to evaluate one speech. I was the person that was giving the speech. So I decided to be the test speaker and I was giving the speech and I just completely blanked. <laughs> and it was very uncomfortable in that, in that moment. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. But I got it together. And obviously, being an evaluation competition, I had several people just pointing out 
the fact that, you know, I messed up in that particular, well, I wouldn't say messed up, but in that particular moment, my body language might not have been as open. And it was very embarrassing. But instead of choosing to look at it that way, I decided to look at it from the point of view, like, let's just say there might be another speech I'm giving in the future, or I might be giving a keynote speech and I blank in those moments. But now I know what to do. I've gotten the critique, I've gotten the criticism and the advice on how this can be better. So next time I know, the next time I blank, I'm not going to close my body up. If anything, I'm going to lean into the audience and face the audience. I'm not going to show it on my facial expression, but if anything, I'm just going to slow down, breathe, smile. So these are things that I've learned. So even though that was a moment I thought was embarrassing because everybody was obviously evaluating my speech, it turned out to be one of my greatest blessings because if I just delivered it perfectly, and everybody would have said, oh, this is perfect, this is great, I, I don't have anything to evaluate you on. I would never have known you know, what my tendencies were if I ended up blanking out and what I should do and resort to if that happens in the future. Because I mean, we're human, things like that happen, but it's all about how you manage the situation. Yeah, and especially getting it done earlier rather than later. Because yeah. imagine if you are in a speech competition or you're speaking in a keynote, a wedding speech, whatever, and that happens to you there. Even if it does, I mean, it's a learning moment. But the biggest thing that Enrico and I are both trying to say is that in order for you to survive in the public speaking game, the number one thing that you have to do is embrace your speech anxiety, understand that everyone goes through it, and two, turn the failures into a chance to bring awareness for the future. Yeah. It only is a failure if you just cry about it and not learn anything. But yeah, if you, if you don't do anything about it. Yeah, but if you can learn it, become aware, recalibrate, and go at it again, then you'll be good to go. The funny thing about Toastmasters is you always have second chances because with Toastmasters, it's a very dynamic club. You can be giving a speech one speech a week if, if you're ready to do that but but yeah i mean it's a very dynamic club that allows you to always keep moving forward personally at rico i think it's one of the best investments a person can make for themselves for a very cost efficient way yeah i mean it's under what a hundred a hundred dollars or 150 dollars that's, that's nothing yeah so it's about I think about $45 every six months, which is a, a steal, a grab. But one thing I love about Toastmasters is, I mean, it's an organization that's dedicated to helping people get better at communication. Not only just communication, also leadership, networking, confidence. And it's an organization that's dedicated to that. I think it's an amazing opportunity. And another thing I really love about Toastmasters is the fact that it's such a welcoming community. Yes. Every, everybody there is trying to get better at public speaking. And it's not just for people who want a career in that. Some people join Toastmasters because English is their second language and they want to get better. Or they're an entrepreneur and they 
want to sell their product, but they want to do it in the most efficient way possible. And so I think just the fact that communication is such a big part of our lives, especially if you're someone that wants to really do something with their life, Toastmasters is the best investment ever. I mean, there's no downside to it. You can only benefit from being a part of that. Well, it's funny that you brought up the community part because I talk about this on my email list on, on my page a lot. Basically, I don't only consider Toastmasters a vehicle to overcome your speech anxiety. I also view it as a way to overcome your social anxiety. Because my thing is, there's two things with Toastmasters. Number one, you're networking with a lot of like-minded people. But two, if you can give a speech in front of 15 to 20 people, then one-on-one conversations become much easier. When you are, yeah, when you are socially anxious, you feel like this big group is always out there to get you. But once you actually take a pause, give a speech in front of that group, you realize that they're harmless. So I've seen a lot of people, they've overcome their social anxiety by first overcoming their speech anxiety. And Toastmasters is able to do that. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I've, I've had moments like that as well. Toastmasters has helped me with networking because I'm, I always had that anxiety when it came to like networking, especially for work or just on my own. Yeah, it was always nerve wracking just being in a close proximity with someone trying to foster small talk. But after being in Toastmasters and giving speeches, but also talking to people after the club meetings and at speech competitions. Now it's like I feel confident I can go into a room and not know anyone but now I have the tools and tips to be able to start a conversation with someone and really develop a true interest in them. So I definitely agree with you. Anybody that has anxiety with networking or social interactions, Toastmasters is the perfect breeding ground for you to do that. Yes. Yep. And the people that you meet, I remember for my Toastmasters club, I met a few entrepreneurs. I met doctors dermatologists i mean like so many different fields from all around the world and the unique thing about public speaking and i think you touched on this a little bit uh, earlier there's nuances to it some people they want to become better public speakers so they can be better in social interactions some people want to become better public speakers so they can be a leader some people want to do it so they can pass their class presentation and the thing is you start seeing that at Toastmaster, that public speaking isn't just an act. It's a different kind of mindset that you need to have as well. So with that being said, let's transition over to mindset right now, which I personally think is the biggest thing for public speaking. I think it literally is mindset. It's not some fancy gimmicks about doing your speech in this amount of time, smile. Like there's gimmicks and stuff that can help you out, but it all starts with the mind. What do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think your mindset is foundation for everything in your life, not especially public speaking, because we're talking about public speaking right now. But I think just life in general, the way you look at the things that are happening in your life and the situations, it really impacts your moods, how you move through the world, how you relate to other people. So I, I definitely believe that in order to be 
effective at public speaking and to get the best out of you know the process of getting better at communication you always want to address your mindset first and foremost every time yes that's why when i do work with people on the side regarding public speaking i tell them to not view public speaking as a way to exercise your speech because i think that's great but i want them to view it as a way to exercise your mind so yeah. just to give you a little analogy when you go to the gym and you go to the gym for long enough at first you're going to think you're working at your body but people that have gone to the gym for a pretty long time let's say over six months plus they'll tell you that they go there to work out their mind and emotions and the body is just a side effect yeah same with public speaking in my eyes if you've done it for five plus months or so you're literally working out your mindset and becoming a better speaker is just a side effect mm -hmm. and this is good news for people that are thinking about getting into public speaking because once you exercise your mindset in one part of your life it's a spillover effect it starts going into other parts you start becoming better talking to strangers to waiters waitresses you feel more assured of yourself because your mindset is stronger now yes and i like to ask you what what was the point in your public speaking journey where you decided to shift your mindset and use everything that you were experiencing as a growth opportunity that's a great question because public speaking came around the perfect time because around that time in undergrad i was starting to began a new club called Bengali Student Association. And I had just gotten the VP position in my fraternity. So I knew I had to speak a lot more. And a part of me was thinking, oh, well, I only know how to speak well in Toastmasters. Do I know how to speak well in school events too? Hmm. Well, you know, after I gave it a try, the skills spilled over. And that's when I started to learn that my time in Toastmasters was changing me as a person. I was becoming a grander version of myself because at the end of the day, confidence really comes down to feeling comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And when you've given a few speeches in front of 15, 20, 30 plus people looking at you, you start feeling comfortable in your own skin. And that level of confidence translates to so many parts of your life. And it was, it was in college where I was starting to see that. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and it's amazing. I mean, I, I do think public speaking in today's current world is a modern day gladiator kind of sport because it feels like you're going in like an arena and all eyes are on you, the spotlight is on you, and you are basically the star of the show. How do you come up and how do you produce? Right. Exactly. So I think the great thing about this conversation of mindset is that you can change your mindset and you can change your perspective at any time mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people like you said they look at speaking in front of others as this grand event and this this big just thing that's happening that they're a part of or they that they're subjecting themselves to but i think it's important to look at just these opportunities as just a conversation and the reason why i say that is because i always challenge my listeners to think about the fact that when you are speaking in front of others usually well let me take just take it back 
whenever you're, let me ask you a question. Whenever you're sitting in an audience and you're about to listen to a speaker, do you ever think in your mind, oh, I hope this person messes up. I hope they suck. I hope this message is just horrible. Never, because if they do bad, then I feel bad and I don't want to feel bad. It's like a chain effect of negativity. So I always want them to knock it out of the park. Exactly. And that's what I want people to understand when it comes to speaking in front of others. Usually there is no one in the audience that is wishing for you to do bad. Like everybody is on your side. And uh -huh. when, so when you enter into that situation thinking, okay, these people are for me. These are my friends. These are other human beings that have bills, that have problems, that have insecurities. None of them are different from me. If anything, I'm like the boss here, so to speak, because I'm <laughs> on the stage. Like, that's I'm the true. One that's overcoming my fear to speak to these people. So if anything, I'm giving them the gift of me. And I think once you put it into that perspective and you regain your power, it makes it easier for you. It's more enjoyable. And I think anybody can definitely develop that mindset because you know, we have the power over our perspective. So it's just all about revisiting that. Absolutely. And from my experience, there's three public speaking perspectives. The first perspective is when you're a complete newbie and you're thinking, uh, do, do they like me? That's perspective number one. Perspective two is when you start understanding that, yeah, they do like you. They want you to do well. And now you feel a sense of confidence. That's part two. Part three is when you start evaluating, do I like them? I like and them. now it turns from confidence into power. And when you have that power, now you're feeling like you're doing them a service by providing value. That's why I always tell my Toastmasters mentees, don't focus on being perfect. Focus on providing value. If you can do that, you'll, you'll always maintain the power. Yeah, and that's, that's definitely true. And I think another part of having that power and you know, developing that mindset of power is also realizing that you don't need to be perfect to be powerful. And just your authenticity and you being yourself is powerful within itself, just accepting yourself. And I think that's a really a big thing because a lot of people think that when you're involved in public speaking, that you need to be perfect and that you have to say everything a certain way. And while there are, certain things that you can do to show your proficiency in public speaking the truth is at the end of the day someone wants to listen to another person that shows that they're human perfection is not something that we experience so to just wrap your head around trying to be perfect i think it actually disempowers you and just being authentic and like you said just seeing your gift as that i think that is like one of the most powerful things that you can engage in well it's amazing that you brought up that point about being authentic and showing your flaws because i personally always notice that whenever i am in the crowd and i am seeing a speaker yeah. i like the speakers that seem human the ones that do an occasional slip up in the words but continue anyways that right. make some jokes they're not like this robot speaker that 
you see on TV, right? The ones that seem human. So it's great that you brought that up because even though you're in a completely Toastmasters, different Toastmasters club than I am, even you appreciate authenticity. And I think this is great for the viewers because now they can understand that being perfect not only hurts you with building your speech anxiety, but other people don't like you more for it either. Right. Exactly. Yes. You're basically, one thing that I've realized, and you can let me know if you do the same, I say that you shouldn't be talking to a crowd. You should be having individual conversations with people. And when you do that, you start putting on this act and you start being yourself because it's much easier to talk to one person versus an army of people. What do you think about that? Do you see a crowd or do you see individuals? No, I definitely do see individuals. I see individual people in a crowd. You know, I think yes. once people start to see just a huge number of people, they start to get overwhelmed. And it seems like, okay, all of these eyes are on me. But if you personalize each person in the audience and you realize that you have something unique to share, this person out of the billions of people in the world, this person is sitting here listening to you. And that's like a special connection. Even if you don't know them, the fact is this moment in time, the words that you're giving them, this experience is something that can change their lives forever. And so I think it's definitely important to look at your audience as, and don't just see them as a crowd, because I think once people start to view their audience as a crowd, they dehumanize them and they start just seeing them as a mob, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like- That's true, that's true. have to perform for. But when you're able to speak to individuals in the audience, it not only calms you, but it centers you in your message and the fact that you're not just talking to a mob of people, you're actually talking to someone who is a mom, who is a daughter, someone who might've been suicidal last week or just discovered that you know one of their family members passed away. I mean, you have an opportunity to just shape them in that moment. And I think just understanding that you're just connecting to people, that, that's the greatest gift. Yes, because when you connect with the people, that's what public speaking is really about. And that's something that Toastmasters is going to teach you because at first, you won't ever really see it like that. When you're first giving your few speeches, you do think, okay, I'm going to put on this act. My, I'm going to put on my public speaking hat which is completely normal because you do have a little bit of nerves at the moment. Mm -hmm. But with practice, that public speaking hat becomes your identity and you now get on stage and just basically just act like yourself. And I think that's one of the best things to, to do in order to connect with people like you just mentioned. And I think just a, a, a good thing to add to that too is to truly understand how unique we all are. And that's something that I've been noticing for the past weeks, just looking at the people I work with. And I'm like, there is no one else in this world like this person right here. Yeah. And like, there's no one else like you. So the fact that you're, you're so unique, you have something special to bring. 
And absolutely, that's important for people to understand when it comes to authenticity, because we often try to act like someone else or mirror someone else's way of performance. And it doesn't always come off as authentic. You can always learn from other people, but, but at the end of the day, you have to be yourself and people will appreciate you for that much more than they will for you just being a clone of someone else. Yes, that's why I feel like this video was needed because there's a lot of times when people come up to me in Toastmasters and these are people that are just entering the club. But Armand, can you teach me how to get my public speaking voice? And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> no, I can't really teach you. That's kind of like me asking you, Enrico, can you teach me how to speak? Right. Can you teach me? No, it's, it's more about discovering your public speaking voice. It's something that happens throughout your time there. But the thing is, what you, what you brought up a few times, every human is unique. So the, the main part of practicing your speeches is to find out what makes you unique. The way you give your speeches is probably not the way I give my speeches. The way that my Toastmasters mentor gives his speeches is probably not like how your Toastmasters mentor gives his speeches. And that's something I feel like Toastmasters does a great job in. We all eventually bring out our own unique personalities. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's just important for anybody, even those that just want to get better at communication for being an entrepreneur, being the most successful entrepreneur they can be, or just being a better communicator in life. I, I definitely agree with the sentiment that you, know, you have to be yourself. There are some key fundamentals that everybody should know, or at least should practice when yes. it comes to public speaking. So, you know, that goes without saying. But at the end of the day, the thing that is really going to matter is just you being true to yourself, you being authentic. Because like you alluded to, there are some speakers that you, you listen to and they might have some ahs or some ums. I mean, they're human, but the thing that separates them for you is the fact that they're authentic as opposed to someone who checks off all the boxes for public speaking. No ahs <laughs> includes a story at the beginning. Like they check off everything. Uh, uh, they are very detached and sound almost robotic. So very robotic. to develop proficiency, I want people to know that. But ultimately, you have to be yourself. That's what it boils down to. Absolutely. All right, guys, if you've made it to this part of the episode, I stand assured that you have some gems and some information that will change your life for the better permanently if you were to implement them. So thank you for sticking with us. I'll include a link to the YouTube recording as well as Armand's information so you know where to find him. Please share this episode with your family, friends, coworkers, colleagues, anyone you know that can benefit from a mindset shift and just some of the stories that we shared here today. I believe everybody can benefit from being empowered and you have the opportunity to do that. Please follow the Speaker Secrets on our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for more content. And without further ado, this is your host, Enrico Ambrister, signing off. Mm -hmm.